Hey everyone and welcome to ugh, What Now podcast. Well, what now? So I know that I have been MIA for months. Um, I have tried to record something numerous times, but every time I suppose I've tried to record something, uh, you know, something else has come up. Um, so a lot has happened since the last episode. So um, last time or last episode, uh, Tegan had just had her grommets put in and, you know, she was, her recovery was amazing. It was really, really good. Um, her speech still isn't great. So we are going to put her into speech therapy, which is fine. And uh, I addressed that last last episode. So after that, uh, we started to, uh, integrate back into the office. So obviously coronavirus kind of things started to lift and things started to kind of go back to normal and we were going into the office. Um, so that was kind of really good and just to be able to see people as well um, and just have conversations because uh, obviously working from home you know you don't see anyone so and obviously people who have been in you know lockdown or working from home based on the square meter rule and social distancing you know the minute that you do start to see people it is you know it is right quite nice now, this is just, you know, crazy. So uh, Adam and I had been looking for, you know, to buy a house for a while and um, we came up, you know, because we, obviously we weren't going to buy in Sydney. We were always going to buy on the Central Coast just you know, we couldn't afford Sydney. Um, not a lot of people can unless, you know, you're making $200,000 a year, which Adam and I are not. Um, and also we wanted to be able to, you know, if we wanted to go on a holiday, we could go on a holiday and we didn't have to worry about living outside our means because our, you know, mortgage was ridiculous. So Adam and I came up here one weekend in uh, late November and we uh, put in an offer on a house. Now we did not think for a second that we were going to get this house. It was four bedrooms, two bathrooms with a swimming pool on a big block of land. It was on a, I wouldn't call it a main road because coming from Sydney, a main road is just like constant traffic just constant it's on a busy road I would say and it's really only busy because it's um it's the only road into certain suburbs so if a you know a fire truck or like there's a fire or there's an emergency down um you know down the road they have to come down our street to get there I suppose it's by saying that it sounds like a little bit like a country town it's not but it sort of is as well. So Adam and I got the house. So um, we are now living in our house on the Central Coast. 
like I said, it's four bedrooms, two bathrooms. We have a swimming pool, which is Adam's, you know, Adam's always wanted to live, I think, the Australian dream, obviously coming from England. It's always, you know, been in his mind that the Australian dream is, you know, the big house with a pool close to parks and, you know, so we have that. But the thing was, (laughs) after we put in the offer and the offer got accepted, the Northern Beaches where we lived previously had an outbreak of coronavirus. So our area went into another complete lockdown and we were in lockdown over Christmas so it was a really overwhelming time because we had just bought a house that was an hour and 40 minutes away from where we lived our suburb was in a lockdown we also was mandatory to wear masks um It was really quite overwhelming and also to be in lockdown with a two-year-old, it was like quite intense. Now, during this time that we're in lockdown as well, Adam and I obviously, you know, want to see the house again. You know, we, you know, wanted to come up here and take measurements because, you know, there were certain things that we wanted to do um, and we were limited with what we could do. Now, on top of that, the people who owned the house previously had asked us if we wanted their cat. Now, we said no because we have a cat um, and... When we moved in, so we actually ended up moving in in January because obviously the Christmas period, you know, everything closes down, banks close down. Uh, You know, we also had to get the um, full approval from the bank, which we all got. But the day that we moved in, their cat was sitting out the front with no water and no food. Now, we settled on the Wednesday, so settlement is the day that the bank takes all your money out and they're saying, yep, you own the house as of today. And so we settled on the Wednesday, we moved in on the Saturday and they had left their cat out the front since Wednesday. No water, no food. I honestly could not believe it so the first thing that we did when we got here was we gave him water because you know we didn't have food like our you know our cat's food was in boxes and we had this whole conversation about you know do we take him to the shelter do we keep him do we take him to the shelter now that we were very, very conflicted because we obviously already have a cat and our cat has never socialised with other cats. So we were really kind of like, 
what do we do? So we have kept him and he is a beautiful little cat. He's he's not little anymore, but when we moved in, he was really malnourished. He had cuts all over him. We don't know if the people that lived here before used to kind of like abuse him if he came into the house or, you know, if he did something. We don't know. But since we've been here, we've fed him. He's become ours. So, you know, we've wormed him. We've fleed him. He now has a little house on our front porch where he sleeps because he's not an indoor cat. Um, so that was horrendous. When you have an animal and you no longer want it, you can't just abandon it. Like, if you're, like, don't get a pet or don't get an animal if you're going to to do that. He's an older cat, so, like, he just wants to live out his last days, you know, on our front porch, eating. He doesn't scratch. Tegan is a complete nutcase around him, and he has never once swiped at her. Boo, our other cat, on the other hand, Ooh, let me tell you, she can be vicious. She'll even swipe me. So in saying that, though, she is a very loving cat. So don't, you know, don't think that she's vicious or, you know, she's not going to bite your face off, I suppose. So that's what happened. But we settled into the house quite quickly. So we got Tegan's bedroom set up. We got our bedroom set up. They were really the main things that obviously we needed to do. Like just so the first night we had somewhere to sleep. Um, also, my dad moved with us as well. So, um, you know, dad's lived with us now for five years. So dad lives with us as well, which is really nice because he has such a great bond with Tegan that like I, it would be like to be honest he didn't move to be to spend time with his daughter he spent like he moved to spend time with his granddaughter so that's like the only reason why he moved with us um so god bless him but you know what he he like travels to sydney on a monday comes back home on a friday he will clean the pool he'll have a beer and he just like I think he, I think for him, it still feels like a bit of a holiday. Whereas for us, it doesn't because obviously we're here. Now, after we moved, um, we were hoping that I would be able to work from home. So I asked work and unfortunately they said no. So that, you know, had to give two weeks notice, which I did. But the thing was when I gave my two weeks notice, I had actually just found out that I was pregnant. So Adam and I, you know, I didn't, last time I was pregnant or when I was pregnant with Tegan, uh, I took so many pregnancy tests, so, so many pregnancy tests. Now, when I was pregnant this time, I I think I took like two tests 
and I, I don't know why it's just being pregnant is a very, very strange feeling. Um, but when I was approximately six weeks, um, I went to the bathroom and wiped uh, after I went to the toilet and there was blood. So we go to the doctors and I'm, you know, Adam's there with me and I'm in tears and I'm like, you know, I've just found out that I'm pregnant and, um, you know, I went to the bathroom and there was blood. Now, when I say there was blood, there wasn't like clotting or, um, you know, big things of blood or anything like that. It was, it was blood. So it was red. Um, I was still feeling all the symptoms of pregnancy. So sore boobs, tired, nausea, all of those things, my body was, you know, was feeling. Uh, and I went to the doctors and the doctor wasn't worried because bleeding is quite common when you fall pregnant. It's just, you know, implantation can cause some bleeding. Um, and it's it's quite common for women to, to spot throughout their um, first trimester. Um so then I had a blood test and the doctor was like, yep, you're pregnant. Then I had an ultrasound and based on my dates, I was supposed to be six weeks and the gestational sac was measuring at five weeks. Now, this isn't uncommon during early pregnancy. So the gestational sac was measuring at five weeks and I immediately was scared but the lady who was doing the ultrasound said you know you're still really early you could have your dates wrong uh the sack was empty so I am at this stage I'm freaking out pretty much so Adam and I leave the appointment and I start to cry and we go back to the doctors after the ultrasound. So the ultrasound we had on Saturday, Adam and I go to the doctors on the Tuesday. Also that week, Adam and I had gotten gastro from Tegan. So thanks. So we go to the doctors and she's like, you know, it's still early, let's send you for another blood test to check your levels. So if you, if for anybody who hasn't been pregnant, who's never heard about it, there's a, a hormone that you produce called HCG when you're pregnant. Now, as you go through weeks, this increases and then it gets to a certain amount of weeks and then it kind of levels out. So did the second blood test and my levels had increased. So the doctor was like, you know, your HCD levels are still increasing. This is really good. We'll go for an ultrasound in two weeks. So I was like, okay, during this time, I'm still feeling pregnant. 
so I'm still tired, I'm, you know, my boobs are still sore, I, you know, was constipated, which is something that I had throughout my whole pregnancy with Tegan. Even though I had gastro, I was still constipated. So I'm like, shit, maybe I am still pregnant. You know, my levels are going up. This is really great. So then we go two weeks later. So at this stage, I'm supposed to be measuring just over seven weeks. And I have the ultrasound and the sac is still empty and I'm measuring five weeks and six days. So I know 100% at this stage that I had or am having a miscarriage. Now, I then go to the doctors on the Monday and she sends me for another blood test, even though the report has come back saying that I'm having a miscarriage. So I go and have the blood test and she calls me once she gets the results and she says to me, your levels are still going up. I need to speak to a specialist why this is happening. Now, I have previously had a missed miscarriage before Tegan was born. So I kind of knew what was happening, but I was quite surprised that the sack was empty and I was still producing these hormones because the last time when I went for my follow-up ultrasound, the sac wasn't empty. So I was like, well, I haven't passed any clots or anything like this. So I, the doctor wanted me to go for another blood test and I didn't go because at this stage, I know that I'm having a miscarriage. I know I am. And that's just the reality. Now, I wasn't bleeding, but I started to get the um, brown, like, you know, brown blood, which a lot of women experience um, before their period. So it all started. So I thought, what's the point in me going to, you know, have another blood test, have an ultrasound. I don't want to, I don't want to go and have another ultrasound to be told the same thing when I can, you know, stay home with the people that I love who are going to help me through this. Now, no matter who you are, you will know somebody who has had a miscarriage. You may not know that they've had a miscarriage, but you will know somebody who has. And as someone who has had their second miscarriage and the miscarriage is still happening, even 
though this was two weeks ago, this is still happening. I'm still bleeding. I'm still going through all the emotions. I'm riding this complete roller coaster of do we try again and I go through this all over again if it happens or do we stop and that's it because I don't know if I if I fall pregnant again and it happens again can I deal with this can I deal with the fact that my body doesn't realize that it's no longer pregnant and so I go on for weeks thinking that I still am and I'm not you know when I found out I was pregnant you immediately have this excitement of we're going to add to our family and Tegan's going to be a big sister and oh my goodness if we have a boy we're going to have to start all over because none of Tegan's clothes that we have kept are unisex or blue everything's pink you know I was contacting OBGYNs to see how much they cost and you know looking at reviews of Gosford Maternity Hospital we were looking at names you know we started to tell people and it's just such a wave of emotion and even though I had experienced miscarriage before the last time I had a miscarriage I actually had surgery and this time because of where we're living I'm seeing a completely different doctor and she was like you're having a miscarriage you're earlier than 10 weeks we're going to let it pass naturally and I was I didn't speak up because I don't know the doctor and finding a good doctor is really difficult like most of you know so I kept my mouth shut now for me personally I would have preferred to have it's the surgery is called a DNC I would have preferred to have the surgery so I don't have to see the blood and I don't have to feel the effects of you know my pregnancy symptoms continuing and then just waking up one morning and then being gone. I wish I had had the DNC for my own mental health. And like I said, I don't know this doctor. And when you're speaking to a doctor, you think that they know best because they're a doctor. I wish I had spoken up and voiced my concerns and I didn't and now I am two weeks I've been experiencing this for and it's really hard because 
you know, going to the bathroom and seeing blood is really hard. It's not like when you have a period, it's so confronting and I am really in this frame of mind right now of there's something wrong with me because I can fall pregnant and because this has happened twice and both times my body has not recognised that the pregnancy is over, I feel like there's something wrong with me. Now, when I had Tegan, after I had Tegan, I had a postpartum hemorrhage. So my placenta, um, so after you have a baby, you then have to give birth to the placenta, which sounds horrible, but it's true. And not a lot of people know that. So uh, yeah, if you're listening and you didn't know that after you have a baby, you then have to pass or push out the placenta. But by that stage, you know, your baby is out, you're holding the baby, you know, there's a lot going on. So I didn't pass the placenta and I started to bleed out. Now I got rushed to theatre and as they're wheeling me down to theatre, they're like, um, is there any reason that if you needed a blood transfusion, you would refuse? And I was like, no, I was, I was so confused at this stage because your adrenaline is just going through your body and it's just crazy. And I am so drugged up, but I can hear the doctors talking. And so they said to me when I was there that if they couldn't remove it manually, so by literally putting their hands up my vagina and pulling it out, that they would have to put me under and cut me open and remove it because I was losing so much blood. They were able to remove my placenta manually, so which just was my doctor putting her whole hand up my vagina and scraping out my placenta as it was stuck to my uterus. So, and obviously that causes trauma as well on your uterus and just, I was very drugged up at this stage, so I couldn't feel her doing it but what I could feel was her as she would pull out her hand with some of the placenta I could feel my body go back up and then she would put her hand back in and pull down so my body was like rocking back and forth and during this time I'm still losing blood and I can remember 
hearing one of the doctors say, I don't know if my heart was slowing down or what, but they quickly stopped and I was extremely lucky that I didn't need to have a blood transfusion. Um, I was, you know, I had taken on the Wednesday morning and I could barely walk on Thursday night. I was still so weak. I had had bags and bags of iron, just like IV. It was just like constant. Um, and so, you know, the fact that I've had two mis- miscarriages, I've had a postpartum hemorrhage, which was very traumatic. And 60 years ago, even 50 years ago, if somebody had a postpartum hemorrhage, a lot of women would die because just losing that amount of blood is is huge. So I'm really thankful that I, you know, obviously had great care, but I do have it in the back of my mind that there is something wrong with my body. And I know that sounds selfish because I know a lot of people who are doing IVF or have done IVF and who have a lot more problems than me. And I know that. And, but that doesn't take away the fact that having a miscarriage is just fucked. Because Adam can't take the pain away. Nobody can. And it's something that is not spoken about enough. And I am so lucky. Adam and I are so lucky to have taken because even though her speech isn't great, she's perfect. She's healthy. She's funny. She's everything that we could want in our child. I would love to give her a sibling, but I don't know if I mentally can. And that is something that I, a lot of women would struggle with. I don't know if I can fall pregnant again and have this happen again, because if, if it did happen again, I don't think I could go down the IVF process or anything like that because mentally I wouldn't be able to cope and the women who do IVF you are so amazing you are stronger than any female the fact that you you know you inject hormones into yourself and you know you let 
somebody else create your baby, you're just amazing. Now, I also want to say that I have been so unbelievably lucky with the people that have been around me who have helped me, who have supported me. Adam has been amazing. Now, I know just before I said that it's not spoken about enough and it really isn't. And even for me, Adam has been like, you need to tell me how you feel. And I haven't because I don't know sometimes how to express it. And I'm not trying to degrade him at all, males at all, but as a male, you're never going to understand what it's like. Um, so he wants me to obviously talk to him and tell him how I'm feeling, but I don't even know how I feel at times. One minute I'm fine, you know, I'm fine, I'm positive and, you know, looking forward to the day and then, you know, three hours later I'm sitting on the sofa crying because I'm losing our child. Um, I can't watch, like, TV shows where people have babies, so um or movies so like if I'm watching something and a child is being born I just cry and I don't know how long that will last because I think at the moment I'm just riding that emotional roller coaster so I also I want to there have been a lot of people who when we found out we were pregnant, um, you know, just people who ask, like, now that you've bought a house and, you know, Tegan's two and a half, are you guys going to have another one? And, you know, some people asked when we were still really excited about being pregnant and then other people asked when we were having the miscarriage or when we had found out we were having the miscarriage. So to the people that have asked and we didn't give them an answer, I'm sorry. And it wasn't anything against you. It's not that we didn't trust you, but it's just, we went through so many stages where we didn't have an answer. And for me, especially when we found out that we were having a miscarriage, I don't, I still don't know if I want another one, if I can go through it again. Um, I mean, some women never experience miscarriage and you were unbelievably lucky to never have to experience it. And before I had one, I genuinely didn't think that I would be, that I would have a miscarriage. I did not think that at all. The first time we were pregnant, I did not ever think that I would have a miscarriage. And now I've had two. So, like I said, if you've never had a miscarriage or you think you don't know someone that's had one, then 
that's not that's not true so I just thought I'd give you guys a little bit of an update on what has been happening and I like I said so much has happened during this time also when we found out that I was pregnant and miscarrying my mum was actually put into hospital because she had a serious blood infection so you know the last couple of months have been a huge roller coaster just massive um but you know I look at Tegan and I take so many photos of her I think most parents do but whenever I take a photo of her I realize or even when I just look at her I realize again and again how lucky we are to have her and how perfect she is and how if I don't want to have another one we have Tegan and you know Adam and I our dream was always to have two but I'm coming to the realization that if that doesn't happen then that's okay I'm still in the process of grieving and mourning and I wish that I had been able to carry this child and I wish that the pregnancy had been perfect but it wasn't and you know during this podcast there have been numerous times where I've almost completely burst into tears because like I said as I sit here I'm still bleeding and it's still very raw I'm scared to go to the bathroom because I don't want to see it I don't want to see it at all Um, so hopefully over the next couple of months, everything calms down and gets back to normal or as normal as what it can be with, you know, a two year old and a husband and an adopted cat and a house, which is so much bigger than our two bedroom apartment. But I just want to kind of, you know, be thankful for Tegan and I during the nights when Adam and I in bed um Adam goes to bed a lot earlier than me because he's still commuting to Sydney so when I come into bed most nights I will get into bed and I'll hold Adam's hand um I don't know if he notices um but I do make an effort I know that this earlier this morning he um woke me up and told me to move back onto my side of the bed so he definitely noticed this morning that I'm you know all over him um but you know Adam has been amazing and my sisters and friends and family have just been awesome and to all the people who are listening who are my friends and family who 
have recently, you know, announced that they're pregnant or if you're pregnant, I am so happy for you. I don't want you to ever think that I'm upset or going to be hurt if you tell me that you're pregnant because it is one of the most amazing things ever and just enjoy being pregnant because it's so beautiful and amazing and something that only females get to experience and I will never ever be disappointed if anybody is pregnant because it's beautiful. So, like I said, I just wanted to give you guys an update of the roller coaster of stuff that has been happening. Now, I am trying to, to record more uh, episodes because I... Uh, I'm currently not working, Um, hopefully getting a job soon, but at the moment I am uh, at home looking after Tegan and being a homemaker, if that's what they're called. Adam would disagree and be like, no, you're watching Kardashians and Married at First Sight, which at times I do, Um, but hopefully... um, you know, over the coming weeks, like I said, I'll get a job, but definitely going to be more episodes put out and love you guys. And thank you for listening. And, um, yeah, speak to you guys soon.